Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. Check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code UNDERMINE for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code UNDERMINE for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. This is Undermine Presents We've Got a Band, the podcast where fish fans talk to fish fans who have fans. I'm your host, James Dell. And I'm Gabrielle Bluestone. And this week on the podcast, we've got Dan Cantor. You might not recognize Dan Cantor's name unless you like another pop star named Justin Bieber. Uh, But if you don't, Dan has been the musical director for Justin and a bunch of other artists uh, in the pop scene for uh, about a decade plus now. Uh, So he knows um, pretty much every pop star you could think of. He's either produced or written for or musical directed for, toured with little secret for those of you who aren't in the fish community, Dan is an enormous fish fan uh, and has been bringing some of his kind of fish musical stylings into the world of pop music. Yeah, uh, if you uh, are one of the, I assume, rare fans that attend both fish shows and Justin Bieber shows, you probably have heard some fish teases uh, in the middle of of his shows, and uh, we really get into it this episode. Probably the best fish story I've ever heard is Dan's uh, recollections of taking Justin to his first fish shows and what that was like. 
It was also Dan who introduced Justin Bieber to Chris Carota, which is why Justin Bieber has the second best lighting show besides Fish uh, of any musical artist. And so, uh, you know, we get into that. We get into the kind of Genesis story, uh, some of the fun teases that Dan slips into Bieber shows, uh, what it was like going to a Fish show with Bieber and Selena Gomez, and a whole bunch more, so much more, in fact, uh, that this is a two-part episode. So without any further ado, this is Undermine Presents, We've Got a Band, Episode 6, Dan Cantor, Part 1. Sponsored by Section 119. Right, Dan, welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. So um, one of the reasons that I was so excited to have you on today is kind of that marriage of pop and fish and kind of the way that you've been able to a a little bit Trojan horse fish into kind of the (laughs) pop culture world. You know, these kids are hearing Justin Bieber fans seeing Chris Carota lights and hearing fish teases and having maybe no idea that that's happening until one day they hear Tweezer and they're like, wait, I know this. Um, how did you kind of start doing that? What has the response been? Like, tell us everything. Well, that's a good question. So, well, you know, I am, I'm a huge fish fan and I love pop music. And, uh, I guess around the time that I was working with Bieber is when I went to see my first fish show I'm a concert addict anyway. So like, as I was getting into, I was always into fish, but when they got back together and my siblings and I started going and my wife, you know, we went really deep, really quick. And it was just what I wanted to do when I had a break from Bieber tour. Um, Even if I had a night off, I wanted to fly to wherever fish was, see the show, I mean, I don't know how I did this on the show. I mean, it's so irresponsible, you know, in case my flight was canceled and then fly back. And I was especially doing it because my wife, um, her brother, Jack, and like all of our friends were there. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I really wanted to see my wife when Fish was on tour, it meant, you know, on, a, on my break, it meant going on Fish tour. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, I, I became... I was always into a, the big, I'll tell you the long story and you can just cut me off or edit this <laughs> however you like. But, you know, I, I was always into the big show um, growing up. My dad directs musical theater. So I love mm-hmm. music, but I also love like the whole performance aspect of it, musical theater. Um, so like Michael Jackson, I love mm-hmm. when like, you know, the band goes uh, and the dancers go uh, and the lights go, uh, you know? And so in 2009, I, I was so deep in fish and seeing fish so much that um, in 2010, when Justin started his tour, um, we had multiple openers on that tour. And often, like those openers, just to you know cut down on budget, they would use our front of house engineer, our lighting director. And so one of these artists who was doing, who was on first, who was doing 15 minutes. Um, she didn't have a lighting director. She was using ours and our lighting director knew how much I love lights. So he taught me basically how to do lights. And I would go out every show you know, before our set and, and do the lights for 15 minutes. And I did over a hundred shows, you know, like at the garden, at the O2, everywhere. And it was really like the highlight of my night. And it was, it was just so fishy to me, even though it wasn't fishy at all. But, you know, I like worshiped Corona at the time. 
Um, and I would like lie in bed at night, like singing these, you know, this 15 year old female pop singer songs in my head, <laughs> plotting out, you know, like, uh, uh, like where I'm <laughs> making my hits. And so, so after that tour, you know, it sort of became this, not a joke, but like a dream, I guess. And a joke that wouldn't it be cool if Kuroda would do lights for, you know, on, on this tour. And he, I think at that point he had never, he had done some like sporting events, but he hadn't really done anything else besides fish and tab. Um, I'm not even sure if he did oyster head on that first mate. I mean, probably, but anyway, so I wasn't friends with him at the time. I, and this was before I was close with, you know, members of the band. So at Alpine Valley, my wife and I were there one year. Um, it was a great year. We got pulled up on stage to do the meat stick. That was the year, you know, everyone was going on stage. Um, after the first night, I like waited by the soundboard. I mean, this is real nerdy. I also cold messaged him on Facebook messenger <laughs> that he only responded to after we became friends, like years later. <laughs> Um, but I waited for my turn, you know, to, cause everyone, you know, wants to talk to Chris and I introduced myself mm -hmm. and I said, I'm Dan, I work with, you know, Justin Bieber. Would you ever be interested in doing lights with us? And, you know, he said, yes, here's my contact. Um, so immediately this was about a month before our tour rehearsals. Immediately I called, you know, our tour manager and, and Bieber and said like, this is the guy and they hired him without Justin even, you know, seeing a fish show. They just were down. They trusted me. And uh, Chris was hired. And so a couple of weeks before we started our rehearsals, um, Fish was playing in Long Beach. And or actually, we, had already, we were already in band rehearsals at the time. And so Justin organized for like a, you know, a fancy Sprinter van to take us down to Long Beach after rehearsal. And um, Selena, he was with Selena Gomez at the time, and she came, and uh, and it was it was awesome, you know, it was such a great experience to share that with him, you know, I I take it very seriously bringing new people, I and mean, we all do. I, I shouldn't, you know, it, it being like that sort of um, what's the right word to it's say, a like a tour you're, guide. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, it's it's a weird world you're bringing someone into, and it's overwhelming if if you don't have someone next to you who's like. Okay, everyone's gonna clap three times during this song. Don't <laughs> freak out when it happens. Exactly, exactly. And you know, this is a good time to go to the bathroom. You know, we'd be brought like, <laughs> you know, this was at the time when like glow sticks were still a big thing. And you know, we brought a bunch of glow sticks, and they were really into like wearing them, and then like throwing them, and then eventually, you know, you could sort of like as a fan, like, you know, Justin and everyone in our crew, like you who has, who hadn't been there, you sort of feel when it's time to throw them. And that's even more exciting than when I'm like, throw them in three, two, one, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And then, you know, they were really into, uh, obviously like into Chris and that was, I mean, a really fun, I, I mean, I could get into it deeper if you want later, like sort of all my little memories of like being at fish with Bieber, um, mm. which was like really worlds colliding. Um, so yeah, I can get into that too. But after, after that, you know, Chris was hired and he, he did our tour and there was this one song in our tour where I created, you know, where we were doing it. Um, sorry, the one song in our, in our show called she don't like the lights where we did this whole sort of 
segue video in between, you know, where Justin was like off stage doing all the dancers were doing outfit changes and having a water break, you know, a pop show, we really organize it in like acts. And in between acts, there's usually like on that level, like some sort of video vignette, you know, Beyonce does it every, you know, um, and so this was this sort of like chase scene where paparazzi were chasing Justin and the, the sort of tempo of it. I mean, I did some sort of more like EDM thing in our track and then the band sort of, you know, we just sort of played on top of that um, and filled it in. And, you know, because Chris was out there doing the lights, I, it just, you know, it was in the same tempo as sand and it was an A and I just started playing sand, you know, it was really just to make him <laughs> laugh. And it was early in the tour. And, and that same, I mean, this might've even been before the tour started. And then the same thing, you know, at the end of the show or one of the songs at the end of baby, we do this big, you know, I call it like a trash can, you know, where everyone's just hitting the symbols, waiting for Justin to jump. And there's an explosion, you know, and normally there, I'm just like pulling out all my Eddie Van Halen licks, but instead I, I would play like, you know, the melody of like bathtub gin or divided sky, you know, <laughs> really just for Chris. And, and then, you know, a couple shows in when I did sand at that moment and she don't like the lights, I could see, you know, the lights were going bump and and now bump. So now he's, you know, dying and in on this joke. And then I just sort of kept squeezing stuff. It became like this fun challenge. And of course, you know, fish fans are so funny that it like people started like posting it and it started spreading around. And I, I that really like culminated when Trey and Tom came to the garden to see our show. Um, mm. And yeah, that was a real awesome experience. Like, you know, doing it for them. And Mike came to a show once, you know, Mike came to a show that there were all these, Victoria's Secret models at as well. And <laughs> and I remember at one point during the show, Bieber, you know, we him and I have like microphones backstage where we're, you know, we can communicate to each other. And he was like, you know, Dan, are you playing more fish? Because Mike's here. And I was like, are you pulling your shirt up more? Cause there's models here. You know? <laughs> um, you know, so that was sort of that that world, you know, but that sort of coming together. But yeah, like it's funny with fish. And, and I, I totally get it. Like I was geeking out so hard at the garden that um, Jimmy Fallon was there, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I appreciate like how bizarre it is in the fish world that like Bieber has come to some shows, you know, and, and, and both times, like it was, it was really reflective of how awesome the fish audience is. Like there's like maybe one picture that you could find of him in the mm -hmm. audience. You know, no one really stopped and asked him, you know, I mean, he, he had asked his bodyguards, like at Dick's especially, to stand back. Because normally that's like the dead giveaway. There's this like little kid walking with three giant seven-foot muscle men <laughs> around him. But, you know, it, it was just like a, such a great, great experience. And the second time that, that Justin came to fish, he, um, he, he called me on like Sunday afternoon at, on a Dick's run. And he was like, hey, I, I got a plane. I'm coming to Dick's tonight or to Denver. I was like, what? And he brought, <laughs> he brought friends of his and, and he was sort of like, you know, showing them the way. And, you know, mm -hmm. they were all, you know, these guys are like deep R and B guys. And of course, like 
it was, you know, meant to be that fish played boogie on that night and they like, it just clicked for them, you know? So yeah. And so, um, but other than that, you know, the, the, just the pop thing is that every pop artist that I work with, I mean, all I do is talk about fish and reference fish and they're, you know, <laughs> I think they might hate fish because of it. You're going to wear them down like eventually. The secret, the secret comes out. I'm sure it's like everyone listening, you know, when you like work somewhere or whatever. And, and it, you know, they're like, oh, you're one of those. Right. You drop yeah. a single lyric kind of in like a, a coded conversation. You're like, we're all in this together. And you kind of give them the wink. And you, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I feel like. One of my uh, one of my favorite things that came out of this past MSG run was I heard it was on like Reddit or one of the meme accounts, but someone had posted they brought their friend for the first show and they asked them to attempt to name what every song was, and so to compare the sellers no. that this first timer created, <laughs> like I feel like that wow. should be a required. Everyone who brings someone to the show for the first time, they have to write down. Every my, track list. My, my, my favorite think. track on that list was uh, they got Harry Hood as Mr. Wiener. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that idea. I need to track that down. I didn't. I didn't see that. That's hilarious. Mm. I mean, fish. It's so funny. You know, there's. I think they played uh, rock and roll ghost, maybe in that order, or ghost rock and roll, and no mm. rock and roll ghost. And I, I was like looking online, and it, they, they're calling it like Bieber Jam. Like, you know, they <laughs> named it. It's ridiculous. But anyway, yeah. Funny. What, what, what was his, was there like a moment where it kind of clicked for him or, or like, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I brought first timers to shows and sometimes you could see in their face, they're like, what the fuck is this? This is <laughs> not what I expected. And how are you going to do this for another two hours? Other times <laughs> you is, see their eyes light up. This is only one like, song? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, no, right. <laughs> He was super into it. Um, and I, I remember like right off the top in Long Beach, they, I mean, my, I wish I could remember other things the way I remember this, but they opened with Susie Greenberg and he, you know, he, he was already noticing how the lights were, you know, in sync with the, the music and things like that, you know, and, and his show previous to that, you know, it's just like, he's lit, you know? And I think he really wanted to get away from, just him being the whole thing being just bright, um, you know, and there was a balance there because there's still like young kids coming to their first show. It can't be too artistic where, you know, like, when, you know, at fish where the band disappears, but you know, he was really into that. Um, yeah. Into <laughs> the glow. Those kids aren't on enough mushrooms for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But everyone, I mean, every, all, all that whole like crew of people both times, you know, that, I, that came, they're just more fascinated, you know, how can this band be so successful? But yeah, like I've never heard of them. They've never had a song on the radio, you know, they've mm -hmm. never had like video success or, you know, and, and not only that, but just some of that, like how their business is so good and how they're actually like thriving and ahead of everyone else in a way with like, you know, everything they do from mail order tickets to webcasts, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, he was, I mean, there were wow moments like before the show, we were backstage and, you know, he was saying hot, we were, you know, introducing him to everyone. And he, he went into a room where Fishman was practicing and there was this, you know, have you ever seen pictures of that list? You know, it's like columns of songs that they have, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The, the, like in the booklet that he has, it's just it's every like song that they list. have. It's like a master list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, and 
And Justin was like looking at it and like couldn't understand that like this is the possibility of songs they might play tonight, you know, and that was quite a wow moment. And and shortly after that, Fishman kicked him out of the room and said, like, I'm sorry, but I have a lot to practice. You have, you guys have to go. And I, I, you know, politely in a Fishman way. And I really respected that because, you know, Justin doesn't get kicked out of many, (laughs) you know, rooms. Yeah, definitely. Um, So yeah, that was quite the wow moment. Um, Yeah, but I think, you know, just sort of, especially in Denver, like that is a stadium show, you know, it's, it's just mind blowing, um, you know, that this world not, not, you know, exists, you know, I'm so proud to be a part of it. You mentioned um, kind of the amazing element of that he went to all these shows and, you know, this is arguably one of the most famous people in the world and there's maybe one photo that exists of that. Um, what is it like? I mean, there are tens of thousands of fans there. What is it like being in the mix of a fish, show, like with fish fans like that, with a celebrity who's that recognizable? Great question. Um, yeah, that's a really nice question. I, I, I regret not taking, you know, I, I mean, my friends and I always take, you know, like a photo with the lights in the background and I, you know, I, sh- I should have just for my own memory because I do all the time and I just didn't then. But it, being with him um, there, I think in Long Beach, there was a lot of I'm either on a lot of drugs or that's Justin Bieber, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and uh, we the had worst like a, or best trip ever. <laughs> he did not want to go in the soundboard, um, but we had a pretty I mean, I was there with like, you know, 20 same with dicks. Like there were a lot of us. We had a pretty solid, like, you know, vortex around him, but, but no, it just, people were so respectful. And I think at fish, people don't have their phones out anyway. Right. Like that's one of the coolest things too. I should mention that too. Like everyone who comes to fish, it's like, or you look at pictures online. Like it's unbelievable that, you know, you don't see a sea of phones. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think just that in that culture, People aren't, you know, thinking, oh, there's Justin Bieber. I'm going to, like, you know, surround him and take his photo. But for me, I mean, I was really proud to be there with him. I was proud to introduce him to this world. Um, We were with a lot of people that he knew from my family. So it was like a really warm, good vibe. Um, In in Denver, um, we were at the back of the floor, which is where we kind of normally hang. And... um, you know, we went backstage with him and in between and backstage, like they've shut it down. I mean, I don't, I wasn't around, you know, when it, things were crazy, you know, air quotes, but um, it, you know, it's, it's always like, I'm grateful to be able to go backstage with my wife. And it was really fun to be backstage with him and introduce him to everyone. I mean, he's one of my like closest friends, like a brother. So, you know, to introduce him to Mike is, is, is really special. Um, you know, in, in Denver, we all shared an oxygen tank at set break, you know, with Trey, you know, Trey was passing me oxygen. Like that was, I mean, you know, for me, like any. That's getting fucked up backstage at a fish show these days. Any, any, that's the new three I'm just imagine out. you guys passing oxygen balloons around. Pass the tank. No, 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 the tank. So, but, you know, and for my wife and I, you know, and our, our brother Jack, like any minute with Trey is exciting. I mean, he's 
you know, that, that there's that like tray high after you're with him. And I've, you know, luckily met him a lot. And every time I'm, I, you know, super geeked out and I have a g- ongoing like text, you know, a memo in my phone of questions for the next time I see him and I just get right down to it. Um, you know, so that's exciting, but, uh, yeah, it's fun to be there with, with anyone new who I love, who I think will like appreciate the experience, um, and sort of, you know, be able to, and this is a big thing. I think like next time they hear fish or next time they hear me talk about fish, they could close their eyes and, and, and access that feeling. Um, and even better when they listen to fish, you know, like when I hear fish, I feel the lights warming my face. You know, I, I'm, I'm there almost like meditation. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really special to bring someone, um, you know, at, at Denver, we were at the back of the floor and at one point, you know, he kept running off with his friends and then coming back and finding us, you know, it reminded me of like a kid at a bar mitzvah. who's just like running away and coming back. And, and so he, he'd find us. And at one point, like they were playing divide, they played divided sky, which is like my ringtone. And, you know, he knows mm-hmm. how much I, 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 I sound check that song anytime I pick up an acoustic, you know, and, and he like ran, we like, we like ran through the floor trying to find each other uh, to hug each other. You know, and that was awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, I haven't thought about this. It's been a while, but, um, you know, my, my, the funniest one that sticks out with, with him is like, we were in the back of the floor and at one point he's like, I'm going to go see Chris. And so he like runs off, you know, snaking through the floor to the soundboard and, all of our friends were like, oh, my God, Bieber's on the loose. You know, we're like chasing after him. And his security have no idea where he's gone. And I get to, I get to the back of the front of the house, and there's this, like, teenage security guard who's probably there for her third night, you know, tired. And Justin's, like, you know, screaming over the music, like, let me in. That's my lighting director. And she's like, I need to see your pass. He is, you know, and Justin Bieber doesn't wear a pass, right? right. Like his no, security has. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, that's my lighting director, you know. And she's like, I need to see your pass. You can't come in. And after a minute of screaming, she's like, is anyone? She's like screaming at him. Has anyone told you you look like Justin Bieber? And he puts out his arms. He's like, I am Justin Bieber, and hugs her. <laughs> and she was so shocked. She like opened up the gate. And then, like, my whole crew entered front of house, which was really fun to just, you know, normally I'll go visit Chris, but, like, we all went because mm-hmm. she, was, you know, like, rolled out the red carpet for him. So, anyway, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's been a while since I've thought of these silly stories. Do, you, do the tarpers let Beaver onto the rail, or is uh, that uh... a... <laughs> That's a great question. You know, he didn't go, he didn't go up there. Um, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm sure they would have, but probably not with a guest, probably just, just, just him. him right. you know, and only there. for one song. <laughs> the amount only of money song. I would pay to see <laughs> yeah. an Antelope Greg Beaver showdown, I would, everything I own, I would sell for that. <laughs> It's true. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to line up. I did it last year for the first time. I went on the rail and it was the best experience. And I think I'm going to, uh, you know, line up. So we'll see how deep I get into that culture. And if I, you know, five years from now, I'm yelling at people to get out of my space, but probably not. <laughs> I need to dance. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, you know, my experience up there is that like, you know, from, from doing it is that it's like, you know, I, I haven't had that experience. I've had a very, you know, 
loving, warm, welcoming experience. I mean, maybe you know the big difference is like you know, some of my close closest fish friends are like whale riders. So if I do go up to say hi, you know, I'm respectful and I stay for a song and I leave. But you know, I'm usually welcomed with you know, big hugs. I've never been elbowed in the stomach. Like, you know, I've read about on the forums. <laughs> I've had, I've had both experiences. You know, I, I love to, at the same way, like sneak up respectfully for one or two songs. It helps that my favorite song is number line. So people are always like, yeah, go for it. Like, I don't, oh. I don't need to be there for this. Yeah. Um, I like number line. The number line is like the sleeper jam. Like, it's a really good like guitar solo peak. Um, yeah, I, I lined up at Denver one year and I got a great number and I ran up to the front and I was like right on the rail. And then I was like, eh, this feels weird. And then I moved back like four people. So I, mm-hmm. I could have been on the rail, but I had a pretty good spot, you know, just in that front crew. And that's like the, the that area has the most space in the whole venue. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's super sweet that like there's this etiquette that you could go to the bathroom, you could go get a beer mm-hmm. and, and come back. I mean, you know, some of these shows that I've, you know, these pop shows that I've played, especially like in South America where there's GA floors on these football stadiums, like it's, I don't even know if people like, do they drink water? Do they not go to the bathroom? Like I, I have anxiety looking out at these kids and everyone's trying to like, like the show has started and people are still trying to squish to the rail when like, haven't you all been lined up there for eight hours and you're like, know each other now and you're still pushing. Uh, And then there's like the dads on the, you know, up there. And I'm like, you are the world's greatest dad. Uh, (laughs) What you did to be up here with your daughter, you know, any, so it's really cool at fish that there is this space. Although I got to say, I don't, I think it was maybe night two. Um, I was on, it was in like 115. So I was kind of right to the side of the stage. It was almost like being on the rail, but with a seat, which is my dream. Um, yeah. And there was like a dad with like a two-year-old or like a three-year-old on the rail. Like, first of all, I don't know how they got up there. And, you know, I'm someone that like, I need to sit down at certain points in a concert and I'm 33 years old. And this guy was headbanging with a baby like the whole time. I was horrified, but like impressed, but it was, it was, uh, not the most pleasant thing to see. Please go. No. Is that one for being like a kind of cool dad story to like, oh, Call, yeah. call chat you know, services. We, yeah. we got a loose one. My wife and I never brought a baby to a show. We've This year we brought our, our seven-year-old and his friends to their first show in Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. It was in an amphitheater and we had like a little box area and it was awesome. But when our kids were younger, like we've traveled to shows with my mom where my wife has like pumped at the show. You know, like we've we've made it work with a baby. We, we don't bring the baby, but parents these days, I mean, we're just different parents, you know, like sometimes we're at the beach and my parents are like, Oh, just put the baby down on the cot and cover it with a towel for a nap. We're like, no, we need like the sound machine and the crib and the baby monitor. Yeah. yeah. So, the utility yeah. belt. Is my exactly. exactly. So who is the bigger fan, you or your wife, or would you say you're equal? Um, yeah, that's such a sweet question to ask about her. My wife is definitely the bigger fan. Um, she has been listening to fish much longer than me. Um, her -hmm. older brother, Jack, who is my best friend was, is, and was a huge deep fish fan. He actually runs, um, fan sets, which is a, um, like NFT art of set list. 
Um, like it's all these like awesome cassette tapes. So people who like collect posters, you know, now this is sort of like the NFT version where it's like these awesome, like, you know, J cards with the set list. Um, anyway, he was deep into fish and I think, you know, like she was listening to them when he would like drive her to high school and he was in an older grade and, and she had seen, I think she's, he's a 1.0 or she's a 2.0 or so she took me to my first fish show um and, and she's seen more was that? it was darien lake uh in 2009 it was an awesome mm-hmm. you know we drove down from toronto lots of torontonians there um and then the show after that i went to the four nights in miami for new year's um mm-hmm. but yeah she's she's a super fan and she's been to more shows because you know i go on tour and she goes on fish tour with her brother. So like, you know, there's been years where she's done, I mean, this is pre kids where she's done like the whole fall run. Uh, So she's definitely the bigger fan. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about one of our great partners, DistroKid. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. If you're a musician and looking to get your music out there, DistroKid is the way to go. DistroKid is available for iOS and Android and is now available in Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. More than a million artists rely on DistroKid to get their music onto Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all other major streaming services. And with DistroKid, you can upload new releases, see your financial progress, get notified when you've earned royalties, withdraw money from the app, view and share links, check your streaming stats, and a whole lot more. DistroKid has more features than any other music distributor. Check them out today. Go to distrokid.com, that's distrokid with a capital K, dot com slash VIP slash undermine for a special offer only for our listeners. That's distrokid, capital K, dot com slash VIP slash undermine. Thanks, DistroKid. Um, And so is she the one that got you into it or were you kind of independently a fan on your own before that? No, I was a fan before that. I was into, I mean, all over the place, probably like most of us growing up, you know, I took classical piano. I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. Um, I became like this metalhead. I love Metallica and shredding guitar and Bob Dylan. Um, But I I went through a little, you know, a phase where I I got pretty deep into Dave Matthews. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's still, you know, like one of my all time favorites. Um, We just went to see him at the garden for two nights. And it was like the best, like seeing my old best friend from camp. Um, I I love him and that band dearly. And so while I was in that phase, um, an older counselor from my summer camp gave me a ride once uh, um, out of town uh, to see some friends. And he played me, he was into fish like this. He was like traveling in the nineties, collecting tapes, selling falafel. So when my, when fish got back together, it, you know, it's really like my wife, her brother, my brother, Max, like we all, it's sort of like, you know, we all, it helps that we're all obsessed with, I mean, this is all of us, right? Like it, it, we're not, it's very rare that my wife and I have, I think we've been to four shows ever, just the two of us. Um, you know, out of, I've seen 129. So, you know, and and I think like when they got back together, you know, that was a a big thing. I was older. I could afford to like fly to a show, you know, previous to that, I was like begging my parents to let me borrow the car to drive, you know, two hours (laughs) to Montreal to see Dave Matthews. Right. So Mm -hmm. it was just the timing of it. 
So was last year Mexico like the culmination of everything to have Dave and Trey <laughs> on stage together? Yeah, it was. Um, yes, my wife and I were were like jumping and squealing and jump hugging <laughs> when it started, and it was it was a you know I love that song. I think if I. If, if I, I mean, everyone's so picky and has so many opinions. I, in my opinion, uh, like if I could like curate that du- that duet, um, I would play something more recognizable for Fish fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love that song, but I think only a small, and it makes sense because you know that was Dave and Friends, and Trey was on the album, but like only a very small percentage got into it i think had they played like watchtower you know or something more recognizable that makes sense for both of them yeah um, you know it, it would have had a bigger audience impact but like i don't fucking care like i was in <laughs> in heaven yeah it was crazy and on the, the flip side that's a new favorite dave song that i didn't appreciate before and yeah. now i hear it on fish radio all the time and so it's kind of like uh like i I do appreciate when Fish and Fish does this a lot. I feel like there are a lot of songs that I never really gave the time of day, even in their own catalog, that they find ways to make me love. And so, like, we all have that first song, like the Divided Sky that we heard first. And we're like, this is our song. When we hear it, we're going to lose our shit. But I think what's even cooler about Fish, and I'm curious to hear if you have any songs like this, where, like, they kind of grow on you. You hear a version of it where you're like, wow, I never really a ghost was one for me that. You know, the first time I heard it, I was like, that's a cool song, but it wasn't, I didn't get it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I got a ghost. I think it was a Halloween run that I got it. I was like, oh, fuck, new favorite song. Everything's <laughs> changed. Do you have any songs like that that have kind of grown on you over the course of, like, being a fan that, that you didn't appreciate at first? Yeah, I mean, good question. For sure. I I mean, definitely number line. Um you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, like I've been, it's, I mean, I've only been going since 2009 and I, you know, I really try to fight the urge to be that sort of typical jaded fan who's like, how dare you play song X at this time in the show? You know, what are you thinking? <laughs> I, but, but number line, I, I, you know, I especially, I really do like it. I'm happy to get, I see everyone around me doing it. I love when I'm with friends and we get all corny and, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I also appreciate that it's essentially the song that saved, whether it's save fish or it like reignited mm-hmm. fish. Um, but for me, you know, lately, like the song that I'm obsessed with is it's ice. Um, I always mm-hmm. like, I always liked it. You know, I listened to Rift's studio album a lot when, you know, I was younger falling asleep, but um, it's ice is on rift, right? I better have gotten that right. Or I'm going to be well, right. It's on. Rift. Well, yeah, we we, I think we will is. fact check that in post. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's ice. I, I love, and I, I, now it's like, I, I, I really hope I get it on a run and, and I just, I love it. But yeah, I mean, there's so much fish that I, you know, now I know every, you know, now I'm at a point where I know every single song and, and that's really exciting. But in 2009, I didn't know every single song, you know, and, and it was amazing to like keep discovering new songs. You know, for me, Forbin was like the biggest one of that. I didn't know Forbin. Um, you know, I, 
I didn't see it live until I was like really hardcore chasing it and, you know, tweeting about it. And, you know, but, but I, early on in 2009, when I started, it, it really helped like being able to listen to all the shows and mm-hmm. I was purchasing, you know, at the time, I think you had to purchase them. There wasn't the subscription, but I was listening to all the shows. I became obsessed with Forbin. Um, and then, you know, I heard it at the gem truck show and that was incredible. And then last summer I made a sign at the gorge. Um, you made a, a sign huge, like you were made, holding up. A- I made a huge four bin sign. Um, I actually painted it on my driveway. And when I removed the bed sheet, my driveway still says four bin in black. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I swear. Do you have photos of this? Do you yeah. have photos of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, please send us those photos. Was and, this for um, 2021 Gorge? This was, what was last summer? It was the Gorge where right after the Gorge was um, the show that got moved from the fire. So what year was, was that? Um, yeah, that was that last was summer. Last, last summer. Um, I, I was there. I wish I had seen that. Oh, sign. that was last summer. Yeah, this summer was Toronto, Detroit. Oh, I went to Charleston. Okay, it's all coming together. I was in and Charleston. How cool were, is that venue? The tennis like club. We haven't met yet, but we're at, well. I'll meet you in Mexico because we've been at <laughs> other shows. Um, I love that show and I love that venue. It was fancy. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked it. Impossible to get out of, but gorgeous. So, so um, you painted a, a Colonel Forbin sign. Oh your, yeah, your, thanks. Your, your so I did painted you, a Colonel. You, I brought it to the gorge. We had a box. So I held it up every night and I hung it over the box every night and uh, they didn't play it. And that was fine because it's not a song they could just break out. Um, But I know that they saw it. My friend, Trey Kerr, who directs the video, you know, someone sent me like a screenshot from the gorge, like before the show started of all of us with our sign, you know, like, you know, when the camera is like (laughs) scrolling. So it was like, it was out there in the, you know, that, you know, I was really, I'd only heard it once. And, um, actually that's a lie. I, I, I heard it at the Baker's dozen, but I still really wanted to hear it again. And, and then the next show was at shoreline and, I, I was there. We had to like rebook our whole trip. I mean, this actually that night is one of the best fish shows I've ever seen. It had that like crazy soul planet. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've already listened to I've not been, I didn't go to that show. I almost went to that show. And it's one of those shows you wish you went to shows for me. Like, yeah, that's, the encore, it was like beautiful. Wilson fee and then Wilson, like as an encore. I mean, it was it was crazy. So and for me personally, I'm jumping ahead in the show. They open the second set with lizards, which is my, oh. my number one. So, Same. you know, so I held this Forbin sign up and I'll send you this. I mean, maybe I'm, I don't think I made this up. There's a picture of Trey pointing at, at the sign at shoreline and laughing with Fishman, And then they played Forbin. So they played glide and then they played Forbin, and it was really exciting. Like, I feel like I affected fish history, you know, history <laughs> by bringing the sign and then when they play lizards i mean you know everyone's like trey pointed at me it's like sure he did you know <laughs> i i was i mean i i was probably out of my mind at this point but when they open the second set with lizards like now trey's really fucking with me because they open the second <laughs> set with my favorite song but that was uh, you know probably just a coincidence <laughs> <laughs> but i like to tell myself it wasn't 
I'm glad you said lizards because that when we were talking about the songs that like grow on you over time, that was a song for me where the first time I heard it, I was like, what is this song about lizards? Like, I, you know, this is not for me. And then the second yeah. time I heard it, I was like, I cannot stop playing this, like, you know, on, on one repeat for hours. Um, and now I've been chasing it ever since. You haven't heard it. I have, but I continue to chase it. <laughs> you continue to chase it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, it's, I, it took me and I, you know, on my 50th show, I, I heard it and mm-hmm. it, you know, I'll say that to people sometimes when, you know, when I'm giving them the whole fish spiel, like this is the band and this is what they do. You know, we all have our spiel to someone who doesn't know fish and this is why the harry styles banner doesn't mean anything you know i have my whole spiel but that one of the things i say is like i really i went to 50 shows where i was hoping to hear lizards and it's like in between every song i'm like to my wife like babe please be lizards every we're sitting at the airport waiting to board the plane. Oh, I hope I hear lizards. It's like, you know, it's just, it's just so all encompassing. I mean, for like a, a fan, like, like us, you know, the Royal we, mm-hmm. when you get your song, it's like, it's, it means so much because of, you know, just the, the effort and the hope and yeah. <laughs> I mean, it even, it means more when your friends get their song. Like when uh, yeah. a number line is a more special <laughs> song for me because of how special it is to Gabby. Like seeing her loser shit yes. and sprint to the front makes me more excited. Yeah, exactly. my favorite part about it now is, is, is my friends turning to me or getting the text from someone else. Like, you know, James and I are not always sitting next to each other at shows, but if it comes on, you know, I know I'm going to get a text from him. Like they're playing it. Um, and it's that excitement. Yeah. That's such a beautiful thing. You're absolutely right. And I, it's like, you know, when you walk through like a department store and you're like, Oh, that sweatshirt is like for this friend and this, that's like Mm -hmm. shoes. You know? And yeah, I, I definitely like my wife loves Wedge. It's by, you know, I Wedge, yeah. I immediately think of her. It's not a song she's chasing, but you're right. And like, I, I remember, you know, at Dick's when I heard Lizards for the first time, it was after a Harry Hood in the second set. You know, oh, everyone, everyone like coming to the I back the of the chills. floor. We were all <laughs> hugging and, you know, I was, it was such a beautiful thing. So yeah. And that happened for my, my younger brother. Who's like, he's been to my old, my other brother, younger brother has been to, you know, he's deep, but my, my other brother has been to, I don't know, maybe 12 shows and, and he, you know, loves Fluffhead. And at his first show, he heard Fluffhead. So for mm-hmm. 11 shows, he's disappointed because he hasn't heard Fluffhead again, you know, <laughs> doesn't understand how it works. Just beginner's <laughs> luck. Yeah. Right. You're, you're going to be waiting kid, but it's okay. It's coming. Just well, keep showing up. You know, now that we're talking about it, it's making me realize that's probably part of the addiction of all of this, right? It's a little bit like playing slots. Like you're waiting for your number to come up and and it's like that that feeling of elation when it does. It's definitely conducive to, yeah, going to multiple shows. And I love the stats element. You know, the podcast, I think it was you guys, where like they were talking about the sports analogy. And I mean, it's so true and I go into a show knowing, you know, how many times I've heard a song, what song mm-hmm. I'm most likely, you know, to hear, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but Are for you? sure, it's all, I mean, I play bingo, you know, fish bingo you know, for every show. And I'm always torn between like winning bingo and putting what I think they'll play or 
going for the songs I really want to hear, you really know, like to I, see and when, yeah, yeah, like bit. I don't want to put Sing Monica on my bingo card, but back in 2013, <laughs> it was on there because I was playing to win. <laughs> I love that. I, you, you brought up something earlier too that I think, you know, we've I, everyone who's gone to a number of fish shows, uh, you know, we've all had that moment where you know maybe maybe we dosed a little too hard or something, but we do feel like we're controlling what's happening in that space, right? We think a song and they start the song, uh, you know, a, a tease that you had in the back of your head, all of a sudden, are they playing the doors? And you're like, I was just listening to that on the radio, right? Like mm -hmm. you though, I mean, you come from a kind of musical director background, right? You actually do construct shows for a living for, you know, superstars. Is it harder for you when you're in that environment? Like, do you do you have more of a kind of sense of like, I want to control, I would do this differently or or is Fish like a pure place for you? Like, I guess the question is, given all your experience programming shows and getting people to have that moment of elation in their own musical experiences that you're yeah. putting together, how does Fish influence that? And then how do you, how do you kind of control yourself in that environment to not start nitpicking and being like, oh, Corona missed the lighting cue on that, that hit, you know? I have like, some notes. Yeah, I have notes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, you know, the people in the front who pop the confetti thing, but they right, pop it right, at the, right, at the wrong guys. time. Like, no, um, <laughs> don't pop it yet. Um, that's a really thoughtful question. I, I, really, I really tried to make fish a place where I turn off my brain. Um, I've made a huge effort to not learn how to play fish songs, um, at least like the real composed ones, like I could fake my way through them. And over time I've, you know, I could play like, you know, the, the Yem intro, I just from, but I've never like sat down with notation, you know, whereas like a band like Metallica, I know every, you know, drum fill every, you know, how to play it. So you learn them. Yeah, I learned that, them. exactly. Yeah. So with Fish, you know, with Van Halen solos, I mean, I, you know, with Fish, I try to make it a sacred place. But but it's, it, it, I definitely, definitely have, like, opinions, you know, as, like, the lighting rigs had changed, you know, everyone had opinions about the screens or that thing in Atlantic City. I was there when he had, like, those, you know, I'm, I'm opinionated. Um, there's definitely moments for me, I think like all of us, and I, I think it ebbs and flows where I'm just, you know, fish can do no wrong and play anything for me. And I'm so happy to be there. And I really try to have that attitude, but then there's some times where it's like Saturday night and I'm like ready to go. And, you know, and, and then I'm like, what are you thinking? You know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do this here. And, and it, I also like feel the crowd you know, like for me, you know, a lot of it is the crowd. But again, like I really have to sort of separate, you know, a pop show, like those moments that you're talking about, like they're very, you know, strategically designed. And, you know, every night, you know, I almost I love it so much because every night I know that moment. I know, you know, it's like when Seinfeld knows a joke. He doesn't do a joke that's not going to work. He knows he waits for the reaction. You know, there were many pop shows where I'm on stage and I'll like pick out a kid and I'll just watch them because I know the moment this moment's coming and I want to see them react. I want to see their parent, like look at them and watch their reaction. You know, Aww. I love that moment. Um, but with fish, 
yeah, there was, there, of course, where I'm like, Trey, like, why'd you, you didn't even peak that solo, you know, <laughs> what's going on? Or, um, and, and of course, like a lot of it is, yeah, song selection. But, you know, I, I think like, you know, um, yeah, you just, I, I also try to have this attitude, like I just have to trust fish, you know, it's yeah. like, it's like ways or Jesus, like you don't question it. You just follow it and know that they're steering you in the right path. I don't, that's, that's a weird analogy. I But I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely like ask my friends, like there's been shows where I leave and I'm like, how dare he, you know, like I have fish blue balls, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but I really try to, to just, you know, be grateful and positive. It's it's funny you say that because I was thinking about something similar to that recently um, with the New Year's shows. You know, if, if a note is not played in a song in a composed section the way I remember it, I kind of come away with a feeling, well, that's how they played it tonight. That's the experience they're giving me. And, you know, I... I, I take fish is like a big picture um, in part because I don't really play any instruments. So I, I'm not able to break it down in that same way. It's always so surprising to me to then like see, you know, on a forum or something, people being like, well, Trey flubbed this note and like they messed up this transition. Cause like, I don't register that, I guess in the same way. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like, like does that when take he, you out of it. No, Sorry. I like when he flubs. I mean, when it's like a train wreck, <laughs> I mean, I've never experienced like a real train wreck, but, <laughs> but now, these days, like when he flubs a note in a composed section or even when he plays I mean, which is very rare. Um, I love, or, and, and that goes with anyone in the band. I, I actually love it because I, I love the feeling of knowing like they're still on their toes. You know, if I'm going to see, you know, like I'm, like I play classical piano, you know, there's no room for error. Um, same thing, you know, I, if I go to see the Phantom, but like, I love mm -hmm band i love them i love when they make mistakes or forget a word because it, it to me it's not like oh they're rusty or unrehearsed it's like they're just so in the moment and like even they are still experiencing this music and in the moment the way i am you know mm -hmm. um, it's like a living I, breathing I thing i don't know if you saw any of the uh, the goose shows that, that, that they did with tab but um i i had not seen goose before it was my first time when they were doing that quick run in the Northeast yeah. in the fall. And, um, you know, Goose is great. They, they, they perform at a very high level, but the moment Trey came out on stage, one of the things that changes is it felt more dangerous in that, mm -hmm. like Trey comes out and he's like, get on, we're going for a ride. And then just <laughs> starts ripping. And the rest of the band's trying to keep up and they flub some stuff and they miss some things, but there's that element of like, no one here, not even Trey, knows where this goes. And you have to kind of be a little crazy and take some risks in order to get into that place where amazing things happen. It and I still stolen. haven't yeah. seen a band want to go into that space as willingly as Trey does every time he gets on stage. Even the dad doesn't do it. No, that's, no, that's interesting. I mean, the, you know, the, the most nervous I've ever... I've ever been on, on I, mean, I don't get nervous, but I played a bunch with, with Bob Weir and we, we played together in Toronto at this thing. And, um, and he is dangerous. Like I felt in the moment, you know, like he's dangerous. I, what are you, what's he going to do? Where is he going to go? You know, 
uh, I don't, you know, I could jam, but, and it actually happened where we were, he gave me the, he's like, learn these five songs or, you know, or just review them. I, I mean, I knew them mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and then we're, we're jamming and we're, I forget what song we were playing, something friend of the devil or something. And then it's like, we're sort of in this space and I'm like, Oh, you know, trying to be in flow, but also having this self-talk, like keep up, Dan, like this could go anywhere, be loose, you know, listen to Bobby. And then he broke into um, a song, Jack Straw. And everyone, like I, I went, Ooh, yay. Everyone in the audience (laughs) cheered as well. But then I had this moment where I'm like, you didn't tell me we were, this wasn't on the list, list, Bobby. What the fuck? (laughs) You know? (laughs) And, uh, uh, and that song has a lot of chords, you know. It's, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a three chord. Like I know it, but not, like, I would have loved, appreciated reviewing it, especially in Toronto in front of my friends. So, you know, that's cool that, <laughs> that you saw that with Trey and Goose. I wish I saw those shows or, or a show. Yeah, that's cool to hear that he made it dangerous. I mean, he. I thought in New York his, his playing was ripping. Um, you I know, saw the Radio City right show. Now. What's that? At the Radio City show or the New Year's no, run? No, Trey at the New Year's run, I thought it was just like really going for it with his tone, yeah. um, you know, and, and everyone. I shouldn't, I mean, I, there's so much Trey talk, you know, of course he, but yeah, no, everyone. It was such, it was a really great run. I, I loved it. Um, I have to say. I would have liked I, for Mike to be louder in the mix, yeah. um, as everyone <laughs> have, have said. Have you been following the, uh, the, the, yeah. the squabble online on, on the mix? so much about this. I know nothing about how sound mixing works, but I know that man is outside in a trailer and he should be inside the venue. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I feel, you know, I, and I'm always hesitant because I'm, you know, Mike is a friend. I, I don't know if I should be, should I call him? And I mean, obviously he knows, they, they have their to the ground but yeah but no the show was ripping i would have loved to hear even especially on the on the webcast i was back in in miami at the time and but um anyway um that's cool met- that that sorry go ahead oh, i was gonna say about that that final show you mentioned you watched the couch tour of new year's and, and i've talked to people about this since and i guess it's not it's obviously not the first time he's done this but there was a moment when trey was playing tube at the end and he started um turning to different sections of the audience and then the audience was responding and it almost felt to me like he was composed like a like a composer playing the audience and like you know he was jumping around and you could the joy was like emanating off of him and as someone in the audience like I was feeling it and giving it back and that is I think the beauty of these bands and and kind of what you were talking about, like playing with Bobby too, is the interplay of the way the crowd is responding affects the music, which affects the crowd. And there is that almost symbiotic relationship. Um, Yes. I'm curious. Yeah. To talk about that. I couldn't agree more. I loved when he did that. I actually, I I had said right when he did that, I said to my brother uh, or my brother-in-law, like how I love that Pearl Jam, how they play a song for the back. And, you know, it's cool with fish. Like they don't do that. They don't, you know, give a lot. Sometimes they talk, sometimes they don't. Sometimes shows over and they just wave and leave. They don't do a big bow. Um, But I loved when Trey did that. And I wish he would do that more because, 
you know, I, I love the feeling as of a, being a fan, you know, when Eddie or Madonna, whoever, you know, comes over and points at a section and you just think they're pointing at you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's sort of like the romantic, beautiful thing about going to a concert and everyone feeling like they're a teenager. And I, you know, I, I know that at like these pop shows, you know, I talk about that a lot with artists that like, you know, you've got to, they've got to think about like, you know, Jenny in the back row, you know, how can we make her feel like she's a part of the show and that we're singing this song directly to her. And I was actually just working with this artist, um, you know, consulting on rehearsals and similar to, to your, you know, to what you were saying, there were lots of dancing and it felt very much like, it felt almost like theater where we were watching the show through a glass wall and what that show needed was more audience interaction. But, you know, with fish, it's on a whole other level because it actually affects, like I, you know, we, we, it, it not just, I believe like we, the audience affects the show a hundred percent. And that's cool. I bet you, yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I wish you would do that, that more. Cause I was, side stage ish on the first night. And I would have loved, you know, just, it, it's so exciting when you think they're like looking at you, you know, yeah. <laughs> like the whole so section, someone, it's like a wave. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was like a human wave. Yeah. Um, and, and just to see like, and, and it was nice to be close enough to see just the joy on his face. And, and, you know, it was like, we were looking back at him and, and I don't know, it was, it was, uh, that was, I think, one of my, my 50th or 51st show, and it was one of the most special moments I've, awesome. I've had. Um, but as someone who is both, you know, in the audience for all of these shows and then also on stage, and I know you kind of said an enjoyable moment is kind of picking out a kid and watching that moment hit. Um, what is the experience like watching those kids hear a fish song for the first time through you? Like, do you see people respond to it yeah i mean people that i i bring you mean like people that i'm bringing to a show or no yeah, when, like when, if, when you're if playing you're, if you're uh, playing on stage and you're sneaking uh, a fish like in what is it's that or lick or something well i imagine I the dad's probably actually po- like you, you yeah, probably could catch some. a dad who's like nudging his kid like hey i'll, <laughs> I'll play the, you this when you're older you know like yeah, some people, I think some people know. I think it went over a lot of people's heads. But definitely, like, when my siblings and friends were at Bieber shows and I was doing all of that, um, you know, I could and I could see, you know, they had, like, they were either, like, side stage or right in the front. Um, you know, they're, like, rolling their eyes and laughing. <laughs> and, like, you know, they're like, I hear it. I hear it, Dan. Good job. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I mean, the only time that I really, I I did a, I played a sand tease on Saturday Night Live and that was Mm -hmm. like a test and like my Twitter, you know, blew up and it's just fish fans are so funny and I'm, you know, I'm all about it. And and yeah, just that sort of online world, like, like life is boring when fish isn't on tour, but you know, I'm just like all day when fish is on tour on you know, I, I, when I'm, when I'm webcasting, when I'm couch touring, you know, I'm like constantly refreshing and listening to all, you know, mm-hmm. or reading everyone. It's, it's a funny community. Are you, are you a, a fantasy tour man or a Reddit guy? I am, 
No, I'm actually on, um, I, I use Twitter for fish. <laughs> mm. um, and then fish Twitter. fish Twitter for sure. I have like a list, you know, so I'm, mm-hmm. I can just like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I uh, recently, you know, I was telling you my brother-in-law is doing this on uh, the fan sets like that, um, that tape cassette tape art NFT art. He is a discord. So I'm, I'm in that, but I also, I mean, again, I mean, everyone listening probably, I have like a thousand group texts, (laughs) you know, where all we talk about is fish. Um, Do you 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 have people in your phone who it's just like, Tim, Denver, like so many great dear friends who think I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. I'm probably in so many phones as Dan Beaver. I mean, it's just, (laughs) it's just (laughs) how it is. Is there a fish song that people light up your phone when they hear it? Like, what's your number line? My number line is is Lizards and uh, Colonel Forbin, for sure. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. How about, yeah, of course. How about you, James? What's yours? Um, mine are weird. Um, <laughs> Petrichor is one of them. Um, I, I have this kind of theory that everyone's favorite fish is the first fish you kind of got. And so... You know, I I also started going to shows in 2009. I went to probably 10 shows with friends who I just liked hanging out with. And they were cool and older and good hangs. So I was like, yeah, I could go listen to cool music and hang. But it wasn't until, um, I think it was Halloween 2014, 2016, some, somewhere in there, they That's played a Petrichor. That was our yeah, first that was, show. That was our show. Right, right, right. That was when Gabby and I hung out for one of the first times. They played a Petrichor, and it just melted my face. And I totally got the soundscape. And I actually, I haven't told this story here yet. I found myself talking to Trey's manager, Patrick, uh, at a show. I think it was actually the Fenway show that got rained out. And so there were rain delays. And we were hanging out kind of, not backstage, but kind of in the, the suite area. And Patrick was around... And we were talking, I'd never met him before. Someone introduced him and the introduction was, oh, you need to meet James and his girlfriend, Taylor. Their song is Petrichor. And Patrick like lit up and he was like, I just want to let you know, that's one of Trey's favorite (laughs) songs to play. It's one of his favorite compositions of all time. He hates that everyone else hates it. He just wants people to like his new shit. And it's, uh, I'm going to tell him that I uh-huh. met you two and that this is your song. It's going to make him so happy. And I was like, that's fucking cool. I thought it was the end of the story. The next night at Mohegan Sun, what does he play? But Petrichor. Whoa. And Damn. so like, you know, as much as people want to roll their eyes at Petrichor, it, it kills the set. Like, that fuck was you. For that, you. That one's a special one for me. That was your four then. That was my Forbin. He, he gave me exactly what I asked for, and I didn't even ask him for it. It really, yeah. it was, it was fucking awesome. And it, it That's really, so awesome. you're like, what other band can you just kind of get in the ear of someone, and the next thing you know, your dreams are coming true. James, it's I always so think exciting. of you when I hear Reba as well, because James has a substack called Down the Pipes, which I did not know until you told me was the Reba lyric. And now every time I hear it, I think of you. Ooh. I love Reba and I have a tech, a thing in my phone. Chris Corona told me the numbers of the, you know, did it one, two, three, four, five, did it. Two, three, yeah. You know. So I, I have is real. So I have that in my phone, and every time 
Reva starts, I like get it ready. And then I'm like, Oh, who around me will appreciate, you know? And then we like count it. And then it, you know, it goes into the jam, blah, 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 blah. You know? And it, oh, it's that's awesome. amazing. It's I, we, a, I, I pray that we are near each other in well, Mexico and we get a Reva. I want to <laughs> count those, 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 those weird time signatures with you. That sounds oh, amazing. I love, I love Reba. Yeah. You know, it's, that's so funny. It, it's so, it, it, it I, I mean, there's so many times with fish, you know, where I'll, this is so, you know, I'll, I'll whether it's on the, the live fish or on YouTube, like, like I have watched the fluff head at Hampton, you know, and only the first 30 seconds, 10,000 <laughs> times. You know, I, I love that feel of hearing, you know, the audience react to it. You know, one time uh, in at the garden, Early on, when I became friends with when Mike and I became friends, it might have been 2011, I think, night two. I'll have to check this. It was a great show. They played Sloth, then Yem second, and they ended the set with Antelope. And I was on, like, ah. for me, I was, you know, it was a great set. And then my wife and I went backstage <laughs> at the garden, and it was our, our first time being welcomed backstage at the garden. And we were in Mike's room. And and we're talking to him and then Trey walks in and he's got his guitar hanging from him and he's got this iPad and it's playing um, cross-eyed. And he's like, Mike, Mike, you know, Mike, remember this song? You know, it's an A, it's an A. And, you know, and then we said hi to him and he's like, you know, and I, at that year I was running, I was playing the ball drop with Bieber. So mm-hmm. I actually played the ball drop and then I, I like dropped my guitar with my tech and ran to the garden uh, and I made it. So I was telling Trey, like, if you're going to play lizards on new year's, can you please wait until like third set? Cause I won't be there. And then he, he's like, Oh, please. he's like a, a chip. He's like a squirrel. Right. So he starts playing lizards and I'm like, ah, and then he's like, all right. And then he runs, you know, he's still got his iPad and it's still playing like an MP3 of cross-eyed. And then we run out to our friends, you know, from backstage and we're all hugging and they're like, what was it like? And we're, you know, we're like screaming, screaming. And then the lights go down right in that moment and they come out and they open with cross-eyed. And like, I listen to that, you know, I'll always go back and just listen to the first, you know, few bars of it. Cause it, it just it takes me back so hard. That's amazing. <laughs> you, you, you've mentioned a couple. Like, it sounds like you've you've gotten to a point with Trey where, like, you've you've met a number of times. You kind of like the the initial like you only get one question for your star is kind of over. Like, you you now have a relationship with this guy. No ish. No? no. Okay. So then this question's even better. I imagine like if you kind of have if, if you're making lists of questions you want to ask, you've probably gotten some like mind boggling like. Trey Anastasia one-on-one wisdom like are there any nuggets or like things that he said to you that like stick out it's like oh, fuck yeah. that, that like that's going I would get a tattoo of that you know like, <laughs> yeah well definitely um well I met him you know a bunch the, the, the one time that I really missed out on I, I interviewed him with Tom for a podcast and I had such like a crazy like it was about guitars and I had a crazy list but he just started talking and I think I got one question and then it was over. <laughs> yeah, that was like my moment. But, but w- w- one of the, t- the time that he came to Bieber at the garden, um, 
I'm digressing, but I'll get there. My, uh, he came to the Bieber at the garden and we met him at the, you know, the entrance by the elevator and we walked him down. Every security guard was like, Oh, Trey, you're early for new year's, you know? And, and that was the time when Justin, I mean, there's been so many times where he was like showing up late at shows, you know, that was, that was a thing for a bit. And, um, and so that was a show where he should, he was really late to get on stage. And so my wife was with him solo and catering, just like entertaining him. So she's the one who got like an hour and a half of his undivided attention. Wow. And I'm, I'm super jealous, but yes, one year um, we rolled into, I think it was Canon Dagua. Um, and my wife was pregnant with our first kid and we were backstage and Trey, you know, was like, Oh my gosh, you know, cause she was really showing. And he said to me, um, he was like, you know, the best advice that I could give, um, you know, to you, now that you're asking is, you know, don't wish away any stage. And I think about that all the fucking time, even now, like, you know, my, my son now is, you know, Zach is turning eight in two days and that's who he was talking about. But like, you know, those moments when it was like two in the morning and I'm, you know, trying to rock him to sleep. Like I never, like I always reminded myself, like, don't say, oh, I can't wait till he puts himself to sleep. You know, our, our daughter now is coming in our bed every night and like, you know, I'm trying to like just embrace that because I, you know, I, I really, I think about that, him telling me that all the time. He's, yeah. he's like a wise rock and roll Buddha. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, I, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think that's if there's beautiful. one, but that's, that really stands out. Yeah. Don't wish away that's beautiful. any, any yeah. phase, any stage, any phase. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe phase. I mean, it, it ladders into a lot of his, I think, overarching kind of, you know, philosophy that kind of be in the moment, appreciate what's right in front of you, you know, love people endlessly and intensely. Like I, I get the sense that, you know, given, given the kind of music he plays, the kind of lyrics that he writes, like he really is, he's, he's found a center that we would all be good to kind of, you know, keep in mind and find ourselves at some point. And, and some yeah. of us are lucky and have, but he seems to have really nailed it down in a way that it's really fucking cool. You it's know, really cool. doing it sober, you know, so like I mean, doing it vibrating sober. with love and light. Oh, so much. <laughs> yeah, love and light and oceans. They, um, yeah, you know, those guys are so, insp- I mean, and, and, and my, for me, Mike, especially, you know, is, is so inspiring. I, I played with him in Fishman once and it was, it was like the craziest musical adventure, you know, even just in the short little jams we did, but just, you know, being, you know, we, we talk regularly and, and I'm so inspired by how much, how, how he is still searching for the musician that he is. He's, he's always changing his tone. He's always trying new things. He's always, you know, new pedals, new microphones, like Mike, like, don't you have your rig? And like, it never, um, he's always, calling me like, Oh, I'm, I'm experimenting with writing where I'm like lying down on the ground writing. Like, like he's just <laughs> constantly, you know, challenging himself. And, and I, you know, it, it's really inspiring to be, to be friends with him in that respect, because, you know, it, it's, it's cool with this band, all of them that they're, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes give, give them a hard time for all their new, you know, for new songs. People don't want to hear new songs but i think like fish is still together and going strong because of 
new songs. And if there weren't new songs, yeah. I don't think they would be going on stage and playing Wolfman's brother, you know, as much as they do. So it, it, it's inspiring how they're, they're really, you know, um, still going for it and still, you know, challenging themselves and learning and experimenting. I'm uh, very much on the same page with you. I actually like the, the new year's lineup. Um, this, the set list this year was kind of like my dream set list. Um, and a lot of that was like some of the newer Trey stuff, right? Like they had lonely trip on there. They played uh, drift while you're sleeping. And I think there was um, another yeah. ghost of the forest song that they did, but you know, I, I, I like the mix of, of new and old and that kind of like frisson tension created by all of that. Yeah. I, I think for me as a musical director, you know, cure, you know, trying to direct this and I, I, I definitely, I, I, I think that like one of the most noticeable things is like, you know, how can I say this? One of the things that I, that I'm very strategic about when I work on a show in a pop show is where we squeeze in. I mean, I'm lucky that I work with artists where everyone knows every single song, even if it's new, but it, there's a strategic element about putting a new song in. And w one of the things I asked Trey once uh, was when he has a new song, does he think strategically about it? You know? Um, and we talked, I told him how like, you know, I, I'm a huge Elton John fan and I, I actually really like his new albums. And it's, it's, it's been interesting to see Elton over the years not on this, on this farewell tour, but Elton's like three songs and then he is a new song and then three songs. You know, one time I saw him and in the middle, he said, I have a new album. I'm going to play four or five, you know, for five songs off it all together. Like obviously Elton is putting a lot of thought into how to present them. You know, I think a lot, a new song goes a long way when, you know, a singer and in a pop show, I would have a singer like sit down, tell like that's where they sort of, talk about the writing of it and the story, play the new song. And then after that, play a big hit. And I asked Trey, like, do you sandwich? You know, he's like, no, because to me, I remember him saying this well, like that sounds like an apology for playing a new song. Damn. You know, I don't overthink it. That's great. But, but I do think that there are times when I'm like, ooh, I wouldn't have played that there. It's either a ballad or a new song or, you know, maybe a, a new ballad, um, mm, you know, where, where it's like Saturday night and people are, you know, yeah. raring, raring to go. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've like really embraced some of them. Um, you know, I, I really didn't like in Toronto, they ended with drift while you're sleeping um, mm -hmm. a few summers ago. And it was literally like they, they had never, it was the first time they ever, play that in fish. And it was like, like people were leaving and I, you know, I was like, how oh, dare you. And, you know, now I love drift while you're sleeping. And I was at this summer in Detroit, that was a show that it was raining and they, it turned into one epic set. All my friends, you know, it started, all, all my friends went to the bathroom and I mm -hmm. didn't have to go. And I, and I was just in it me and drift while you're sleeping and mm -hmm. now i like it you know and now my friends they're like, oh dan hope you got a drift while you're sleeping but, <laughs> but I, I like it it's a great tune yeah. and, and it goes places and it's you know yeah yeah and it's, it's definitely all about not on the, love and light 
<laughs> Definitely not on the same level, but I, I noticed people were having really negative reactions to um, Life Beyond a Dream as an encore too, which they did a couple of times. And I think that's such a beautiful song and such a lovely way to go out. Actually, now that I'm saying that I really like like a ballad to end it, they've done um, Evening Song a couple of times as like the last song, which we will hate. And I love last that. Song? Is that the last song or the second last song? I think they've done it a second, second to last Usually. Yeah, so that's a good, like, I'll do that in a pop show too. And date Matt, like, that's pretty common. Right. I like when they do, like, yeah, like Sleeping Month. That's cool. It, I prefer when they don't, but, you know. <laughs> keep, the, keep the party going. Yeah. But it is, it is nice, you know, with the right song. Yeah, for sure. When they don't, that's a good, like, I would do that in a pop show. I would come out mm-hmm. and do, like, you know, power ballad. And then, you know, close it off big, you know? Yeah. Like maybe don't cry and then paradise (laughs) city after. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't mind the ballad at all. The one thing that I've talked about this with James a little bit before, the one thing that kind of takes me out of it these days is hearing, they've been playing a lot of Sigma Oasis and hearing that inside an arena venue that you know people are telling everyone to in. take off your mask. There's something about it that I just still, every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, uh, that was, <laughs> they, they, they played that on the first show in Arkansas when everyone was telling them. I think they played it night one of that tour. They which did. Was, it, was the, it was the first show. I was at that show. It was their first yeah. show back after COVID. <laughs> and it, it was like the set two opener or something. It was a pretty, <laughs> like, pretty you know, auspicious place in the set. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, take take off your mask. And in Arkansas, I mean, they fucking loved yeah. it. Take <laughs> yeah, take off what mask? Yeah, yeah we didn't bring our mask. <laughs> and do you think do you uh, think Trey knew what he was doing when he did that? I mean, I don't know. I, I think a lot of he didn't it, write the song with it in mind. Well, the song was written before the pandemic. The pandemic. Yeah. So, like, he wasn't thinking about it when he wrote it, and I think that's probably. I think it pisses him off that he wasn't thinking about it when he wrote it because he was like, here's a song about removing your kind of ego and your external facing kind of the mask that we all wear. And then it became a kind of like a MAGA anthem, you know? Yeah. Totally, totally. It's, it's a hard thing. I think for a band, I think it's a hard thing for any artist, um, be it, you know, and I just experienced this with Pearl Jam who, you know, also makes up their set nowhere near um, like fish, but there, there's definitely, you know, for artists like that, a correlation between an, I mean, maybe this is controversial, but, but like, I, I think there's a correlation between the, the average year of a song and an amazing show. And for bands like that, like legacy bands who have a huge catalog, you know, the older the average of the show, the more, you know, people fucking love it. And I, mm-hmm. I think, and I experienced that a lot with, you know, some friends, you know, and fish friends are like, well, it's not what they play. It's how they play it. My friend, Jeff Kravitz, famous photographer. That's always love his Jeff. line. You know, you know, it's not, it's not what they play. It's how they play it. But I definitely, the energy of the audience when they play, you know, older songs and that's hard for a legacy band that is still writing new songs i mean it it happened to dave when i just saw dave matthews at the garden it happened i went to three pearl jam shows in the fall or two pearl jam shows like the energy when they play songs off the first 
you know, when Pearl Jam plays songs from like 10 to no code is very different, but that's only like 10 out of 35 for, you know, years of their career. Um, so that, and that's, that's hard for a band. And I think, you know, Trey's writing, they're all writing new songs and they want to fucking play it. And, and that's fine. But I, I definitely think there's a, there's a time and place. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. it's just funny to me that that specific song, because I spent the entire pandemic, you know, dreaming of what going back to fish would be like. And, and that was, you know, in my head, that would be the return to normalcy. And in that fantasy, Same. I was always hearing them play disease. That was like, every time I thought about it, I was like, I'm waiting for that moment and disease. My hands are going to go up. I'm going to be bathing in the lights. Uh, and I really thought that that was going to become like the post pandemic anthem but instead oh of sigma <laughs> you know i went I, I to fish wrong but i think they did play down with disease into sigma they at did that arkansas uh, show they, they, and they so that, that's, that's one in the column of they knew what they were doing yeah i thought they should also have put glide in there because that would have been funny mm-hmm. i mean funny i went to two fish show. my first two runs that i went to fish I got COVID at both. So, (laughs) and I tried not to, I tried not to get it. Like I was on more careful and I might've gotten it at the airport, you know, I mean, I was wearing a mask. I'm a masker. I'm, I'm, I'm on the very careful side. We actually went to Santa Barbara, like that run, but we didn't go to Vegas because it was in, you know, and I still got it, but anyway, thank God. I mean, it's not over, but it's, (laughs) it's sort of, yeah, I definitely agree with I agree with you, Gabrielle. Like my my normalcy is like, yeah, there were moments in COVID when I was hearing Hood, you know, with my kid, and we're playing in the backyard and we're swimming and Hood's playing, and I'm like, I'm crying. Like, when am I gonna feel? <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck. So anyway, thank God we're back. Speaking of being back, we'll be back with part two next week. We've Got a Band is presented by Section 119 and Osiris Media. Created by Gabrielle Bluestone and James Dell. Executive producers are Gabrielle Bluestone, James Dell, RJB, and Matt Dwyer. Edited by RJB. Audio production by Matt Dwyer. Marketing by Nick Sejas and Eric Limarenko. Art by Mark Dowd. Osiris. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are the Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? 
I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.